When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ed Robertson, hoping you're enjoying this encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week. This is Larry Storch, and you are listening to TV Confidential. There, what do you say to that? Ed Robertson wants a reminder that this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, a community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or are looking to sell or lease your property in the Bay Area, check out their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on how they can best help you. That's frontporchrealtygroup.com, www.frontporchrealtygroup.com. Com. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us, along with our guest, Robert Crane. Bob is the co-author, along with his longtime collaborator, Christopher Fryer, of Crane, Sex, Celebrity, and My Father's Unsolved Murder, a memoir of growing up with Bob Crane as a father before, during, and after Hogan's Heroes. Bob's book also provides a first-person account and commentary of how authorities handled the investigation and prosecution of the Bob Crane murder case. The publisher is UPK, University Press of Kentucky. You can find Crane, Sex, Celebrity, and My Father's Unsolved Murder in bookstores everywhere, as well as Amazon.com, BarnesNoble.com, and wherever books are sold online. Bob, we talked about this a little bit before we went to break. Your book is a work of journalism in the purest sense of the word, because... And, and, of course, you both know this because that's what, that's what you've done for a living. You, right. know? you show the readers all the details and you give the readers a sense of what it was like for you to feel these things, which I can't imagine. I mean, even though I know you've, you've lived with this for 30-something. Yeah. 37 years. Yeah. It can't be easy to talk about. No. I mean, I'm listening to you right now and just e- emotionally to have lived it. Yeah. And to keep it with you, but to put it on the page for others, that's yeah. brave. Well, not only that, you, I just, you've, you've had a successful career being a conduit between the subject and the reader. Yeah. And, and be able to, now you're the subject. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not because you're an authority on, on the murder, you're part of the story. You're, you know, you're, and for somebody now to do what you have done so well to do it to you, you know, I imagine yeah. that's like a lawyer being cross-examined right. yeah. or yeah. a doctor having to be examined. You know, they say they're the worst patients. So yeah. how did that feel like all the things that the crap that you mastered and now somebody's doing it to you in, in, in a way? Well, my, my first instinct is to run. You know, <laughs> I, I don't want to do this, you know. you know. And Chris said, no, I mean, you, you know, the old thing is, you know. Write about what you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. So what? And it's all from my point of view. Again, I I don't claim to 
you know, the, the Scottsdale Police Department and the District Attorney's Office of Maricopa County in Arizona, they know a lot more about this case than I do. But I, I'm passing along. Uh, what I did like about the book is, and, and again, this was Chris and I coming up, pushing each other in this regard. It's a combination of true crime, biography, and autobiography. It is. It is. Which and I think is a little different. It's very clever the way you put this together because it's it starts off you and your dad, you know, your formative years, right. and the Bob Crane that most of us know, the performer, the actor, Colonel Hogan. Right. And then you intercut. It was, it's almost documentary-like the way yeah. you put this together in that, you know, every now and then you cut to the crime scene yeah. or you give an update on details as they come along. And then at some point it just morphs into your life story. Mm. Uh, and because your life story happens to coincide with talking to celebrities like Jack Nicholson and Chevy Chase and John Candy and, 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 and so forth. I mean, it's a story about the industry, but you weave in your own personal story. And so that, I mean, look, you not only lost your dad, but because you were living with your dad, he was like your best friend. Right. Okay. That's hard enough to go through once. Yeah. But you went through that, you lost your first wife. Right. cancer yeah and you lived and she lived she fought with cancer for like 10 years yeah which wasn't easy mm -hmm. and you talk about and you went through it again with john candy so you yeah. lost your best friend three times in yeah. your life that's a lot yeah and yet it's a very upbeat story because you have a great third act. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you, th you think in ter you think in terms of if you think of a person's life in terms of an arc, a, lo a lot of people think they have a story. But if you to, to make the story appealable if that's a word yeah. to the general public, you have to have a good third act. You yeah. know, and you do. You've got the and you've had the best possible third act, and that's great. Well, part of the third act for me is my wife, Leslie, who... Who's in the audience today. Who's yeah. in the audience. <laughs> and she should be interviewed as well. Uh, she has a... We can work that out. <laughs> she has a television post-production background. Mm -hmm. So whereas Kari, my first wife, who, as you said, went through uh, 10 years off and on of metastatic breast cancer, which is an epidemic, you know, we know, we all know. She was removed from showbiz. You know, she kind of stepped back. She never met my dad. She loved John Candy, who who doesn't. Right. But kind of stepped back, you know, not quite sure the whole showbiz thing, you know. So. And even the, the fact that you were a full-time freelance writer. Yeah. Eek. That was foreign to her. Yeah. And, and it's foreign to a, it's foreign to a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. yeah. You know, who... Who are not artists yeah and, and as you talk about in crane sex celebrity and my father's unsolved murder i mean there were moments where that it, it wasn't a problem but it did create conflict sometimes yeah well she, she was a freelancer as well she was a landscape designer so we both worked out of our apartment 
So, you know, we're crossing through the hallway and somebody's in the kitchen, all that kind of thing, trying to give each other space. Mm-hmm. And I remember she said to me, she got so bored with the way I looked every day, you know, wearing yeah. the same thing every day, that I put on a suit one day and just wore it around the house, you know, and she <laughs> just to make her feel a little better. See, darling, I can be someone else. Yeah, so, so Leslie, my wife uh, now, this television production background, we cut to the chase. And we have this level of, you know, she can say a word, and I know exactly what she's talking about because we have this mm-hmm. common ground mm-hmm. together. And that, that was really nice. Plus, she loves to laugh, and I do too. So, Well, I'm to the point in my life where I don't underestimate the ability to laugh and to surround yourself with people who can make you laugh because yeah. it's, oh, it yeah. releases toxins, it's good yeah. for your health, it yeah. keeps you sane. Mm-hmm. It, it's big. It's a big thing. I've given only a couple of eulogies, but I always find that the there's such power in levity yeah. in there, and it is an amazing tonic. And uh, yeah. I've been to a few memorials where people come out laughing, and you kind of forgot that. Yeah. Why were we? You know, the reason why we were there in the first place. Yeah. Um, well, but, it, yeah. It's it's very. You know, I think it's very therapeutic. And those who don't quite grasp that concept really need to find some way to embrace it because yeah. it's very, very important. We talk about in the book uh, John Candy's funeral, which was held in Brentwood, mm-hmm. and Dan Aykroyd was there. I mean, it was a who's who of Hollywood. You know, all your favorite Bill Murray and. SCTV cast, Tom Hanks, you know, it was great. And Dan Aykroyd did his kind of almost like a southern go-to-meeting, you know, House of Blues kind of. Oh, wow. And it's uh, like that. And he had the, we almost stood up, you know. We we were just missing the, like, the organ player Mm -hmm. and a choir. You know, it would have been the whole uh, House of Blues Sunday morning uh, deal. And you felt so good when you left. Yeah. This funeral memorial whatever you want to call it and he he that was one of the best roles i ever saw dan Aykroyd play well before before you and leslie came over bob we were we were doing a segment on series finales and how a good series finale is one that ends in character right with the show yeah. you know it's it, 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 it's true to the essence of the show and and I, I've heard a lot of stories of funerals or wakes where there's a lot of laughter. And yeah. this, this sounds like a cliche, but if that's what the deceased would have wanted, you know, yeah. to be a celebration, then yeah. that's what you should do. And, yeah. and Actually, that's perfectly yeah, a testament it, to a person's life. Absolutely. Yeah. If you want exactly. to, I think the most uh, wonderful example that people would have access to is to see, go on YouTube and find Jim Henson's memorial. Yeah. Because that's one, you know, one I could think of that people could easily access. Where you have Muppets singing, wow. you know, it's like you know, yeah. singing his favorite songs. Yeah. There, there was some tears, you know, when you hear yeah. Big Bird singing. It's not easy being green. It, <laughs> it does, wow. you know, it, it it has that moment when he says, you know, I'll miss you, Kermit, at the end. And then B- Bernie Brillstein comes on and he goes, "Somebody warned me not to follow the bird." <laughs> and, you know, there's a huge yeah. laugh, but to have, you know, at that time. Most of you know the Muppeteers were around, and for all of them to, with the Muppets on the stage to wow. sing the songs yeah. and to do that is like you have to look at that. Yeah, you are going to well up at points, but it is 
it's going to make you feel good because yeah. this was part of everybody's life, everybody's childhood, and it's important that you say goodbye to that, but yeah. you could still enjoy the memories. Well, I feel good that we are being joined by uh, Robert Crane, son of Bob Crane, author of Crane, Sex, Celebrity, and My Father's Unsolved Murder. The publisher is University Press of Kentucky. It's hard to say. It is. I yes. call it UPK. UPK. UPK, University Press of Kentucky. So it actually is part of the great series of books uh, edited by Patrick McGilligan. Great writer and editor, yep. If all goes well, Patrick will be on our program talking about his book on Clint Eastwood. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I've, been, I, I've been in touch with his PR person. He's a treasure trove of Hollywood information. And another excellent book is the one... It's also and it's also part of the UPK series. Is the one by Peter Ford, yes, on, on Glenn Ford. Yeah, and there are parallels between Peter's book and your book, Bob, right. in that Peter presents both the good or the positive and the negative side yeah. of. I mean, he presents Glenn Ford as a person, yeah. and you present Bob Crane as a person. You you can speak about him objectively, but at the same time. You never stop loving him, and yeah. you just it's it's a very human story, yeah, yeah, still love him to this day. My mom loves him. she's never had a bad word about my dad. They were married twenty years. uh I have two younger sisters. you've interviewed Karen, yes. but out of this whole thing, I got the greatest stepdad in the world, Chuck Sloan. Mm -hmm. I've now known him you know forty years, mm -hmm. and he whereas my dad was quick. Loud, smart. Mm -hmm. Chuck is wise. And, you know, you'll ask him, Chuck, what do you think? Um, can you give me a day on that? You know, whereas my dad would go. That was the drummer in him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, the, and live radio. Yeah. You couldn't There's, wait. Dead air is the worst That's right. sin That's you right. could get to come up with something. Yeah. But Chuck yeah. says, no, I'll get back to you on that. You're listening to a conversation with Robert Crane that originally aired in June 2015. Robert Crane, eldest son of Bob Crane and the author of Crane, Sex, Celebrity, and My Father's Unsolved Murder, as well as several other books on movies and television. Thursday, June 29th marks the 45th anniversary of the murder of Bob Crane, an unsolved mystery that continues to impact the members of Bob Crane's family. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Before we went to break, we were we were talking about series finales in general. Now, um, Hogan's ran six years on CBS. Uh, I, I didn't know this until I read about it in your book, Bob. But apparently, there was actually a seventh season in the works, but it, mm -hmm. but it was cut prematurely. Yeah, they were all set to go. I mean, they were still getting pretty yeah. good ratings, and uh, they had CBS had moved them around. I think they started on Friday nights and. They were on Saturdays, I think, for a while. I think wound mm -hmm. up on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And they were all set for the seventh season. I mean, everybody felt, yeah, we'll see you in June. You know, we'll start filming again. Didn't happen. What was the reason? Regime change in the thinking. It was, it was part of the rural purge. Yeah, well, yes. I, thought, I know that they got rid even, of everything with a tree. Even yes. though, <laughs> even, yeah, yeah, That's a good way yeah, to say yeah, it. Yeah, I know, but th yeah. even though there weren't any trees in, the, in, in, in that In the sense, Stalag, yeah. In the Stalag, no. But it was, it was part of that crop of shows that yeah. came up, that premiered around the same time, yeah. mid-1960s. Well, yeah, mid when Norman Lear was coming in and they yeah. wanted to really push you know, more of that. Yeah. But, well, Mary Tyler Moore had been on yeah. for a year. Mm-hmm. 
and she changed things, you know, um, yeah. a lot. I think she came on in 70. 70. And the, uh, Hogan's was canceled in 71. And mm-hmm. as you said, Ed, they got rid of, you know, Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres, Green Acres and Gomer. Pyle. Gomer yeah. and, you know, That's funny. I was about to say Hogan had smart writing. You mentioned those other shows. Brilliant writing. Yeah. yeah. I, it, well, but also, the, some of the MASH writers yeah. were on Hogan's Heroes yeah. before, or they worked with other military. Some of yes. them worked with Bill Coe. Yeah. And so, you know, there was a you know, succession yeah. there. Gene but, Reynolds, Gene, yeah. uh, the, one of the producers of MASH, uh, directed a lot of Hogan's. And uh, Hogan's was shot at 40 Acres. 40 right? Acres. And so across the way would have been Mayberry and, oh. uh, may, and may was t- it Camp Henderson, which was Gomer mm-hmm. Pyle. May I tell you about a, a very briefly that, you know, for summers, I'm a teenager. Mm-hmm. For summers, I would go to Stalag 13 uh-huh. and hang out with the crew and, uh-huh. you know, watch everybody film and get, you know, a steak lunch and, you know, all this stuff. It was great. So one day, I'm in Stalag 13, and I figure, I'm going to see what else is out on 40 Acres. Mm-hmm. And this is in Culver City, not far from the old MGM. Mm-hmm. So Desi Lu owned it. Desi Lu. Yeah. So I walk down the dirt road, and I get to Mayberry. they're filming the andy griffith show so i stay there for a while i'm watching don knotts i'm watching andy i'm watching uh you know uh, aunt b then i walk a little bit more go down i get to the gomer pile uh quonset hut Uh exterior you know they're filming there then i walk a little bit more i get to the mexican plaza at 40 acres filming i spy Robert Culp and Bill Cosby. Which was hang out there for a while. Walk down the road some more. They're filming a show. Remember a show called Custer? Yeah, with uh, Wayne Maunder. Yeah. They're filming Custer. Yeah. I figured, what? This, this is, is an afternoon. Yeah. This is a day. This is a day. day. Yeah. Oh. In Culver City. What, when you're describing this, of course, the thing that's coming to mind, summertime in Culver City, California, and all these poor SOBs in Stalag, they're wearing the heavy winter. There's snow. It, there always seemed to be snow on the ground. But just, you know, anytime somebody was doing an exterior, and, yeah. and especially the Germans, at yeah. least, oh, here yeah. the prisoners were the lucky ones. Yeah. They didn't have as many layers. Oh, yeah. But, the, you know. Uh, coats. Yeah, yeah. Werner Klemper outside always had the coat. So yeah. did Schultz. Schultz yeah. always had that coat on. Yeah. Oh, and uh, and uh, Leon Askins uh, with yeah. uh, General Bolkart. I mean, those yeah. must be great if we were going to Chicago go for christmas yeah. but you know california in the summertime that yeah. must have been brutal yeah there were some heavy uh, sweat stains <laughs> underneath <laughs> underneath yeah i mean I'm sorry, you you paint that picture and all i'm thinking is you know because yeah. i think everybody's had you know anybody who's worked have either been there themselves or vicariously have seen people doing a winter scene when it's 115 right. outside and yeah. if you're not in the scene you are vicariously feeling that person's pain just being yeah. close by to them. Yeah. May I go to the interior lot uh-huh. briefly? They're, you're, they, the star, you're the star of the show. Okay. <laughs> no, we've had enough of you. <laughs> Next. Okay. You're listening to a conversation with Robert Crane that originally aired in June 2015. Robert Crane, eldest son of Bob Crane and the author of Crane, Sex, Celebrity, and My Father's Unsolved Murder, as well as several other books on movies and television. Thursday, June 29th marks the 45th anniversary of the murder of Bob Crane, an unsolved mystery that continues to impact the members of Bob Crane's family. We'll play more of our conversation with Tony, Donna, and Bob after this quick timeout here on TV Confidential. 
be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.